Hi there. Welcome to Good, Great, Wonderful, a podcast that tells the stories of people who are contributing good, great, and wonderful things to the world. See this as your weekly dopamine fix. I'm your host, Grace Rouvray, and I personally want you to have a better day. So here's a story. When you're on the train, do you ever wonder about the voice guiding you through each station? Meet Danny Torrison, a clever voiceover artist who six years ago teamed up with Transport New South Wales to transform the way we hear announcements. Danny's unique approach goes beyond vocal clarity. She coaches train guards to infuse their personalities into announcements to help connect guards to passengers. There is a touch of magic in discovering confidence through voice. So, the next time you're on a train, maybe have a listen to the announcements. You might just uncover a new perspective from the voices guiding you through your daily commute. Danny, you have a very eclectic career in voice, either using your voice, teaching voice. So I've got to know when you are sick and you potentially lose your voice, what do you do? What are the remedies or do you have to call in sick? This actually happened to me just, I won't even say last week, it's been on and off for probably the last three or four weeks. Um, I started coughing, got some kind of virus. And whenever I get any kind of illness, it hits my throat straight away. It's like my body says, stop doing everything. I'm going to turn you off. (laughs) And the thing you need the most is your voice. So that's the first thing that goes. And I lose it for days and days on end. So I had pots of boiling water, trying to breathe in the steam. I had, um, I slept in a chair for about a week instead of in bed so that my head was elevated. Oh my goodness, to let all the mucus or whatever just drop out of you. That is a commitment. Well, so I guess it's your job. Yeah, sleeping in a chair is not fun, but <laughs> I was like padded with cushions and um, I had lots of props around me. But as soon as I laid down, I couldn't sleep because I was coughing and it just got worse and worse. And I actually had a function where I was doing some emceeing and the Prime Minister was going to be there. The day beforehand, I didn't have a voice at all, mm-hmm. but I couldn't pull the pin yeah. because I really wanted to um, emcee this function. So I spent the whole day miming to my children, miming to my husband, like signs everywhere, do not speak to me. And yeah, I just had to breathe in lots and lots of steam lots of uh, lemon tea, lots of honey. So the lemon and honey thing actually is a, it is actually something that the real people in the business use. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it worked. <laughs> I don't know. I can kind of talk now. It's, it's still been three weeks, so maybe it didn't work, but um, it, it does soothe things and, and helps uh, my throat not feel quite as inflamed as it was. And can you give a brief snapshot of your career of voice work and radios just to, you know, before we talk about your very interesting job that you do have, just to give a little bit of background on what got you here? For sure. So I worked in commercial radio for probably 20, 25 years. Um, I started out producing a breakfast show in Melbourne. Uh, So at uni, I did media studies and, and a Bachelor of Education together. Really loved the radio aspect of it produced a show in Melbourne, uh, and then hosted a breakfast show in Tasmania for a few years. Then I was shifted up to the Gold Coast because uh, for people that don't know, most radio people get shuffled around the country to fill gaps. 
and try a variety of roles. So I had a network night show that went right across the east coast of Australia, which I loved. Lots of callers. Uh, we had life coaches. We had uh, lots of different experts in that would be there to field listeners problems and concerns and questions about different things. Uh, And then we moved down to the Central Coast because my husband's also in radio. He got a gig here on the Central Coast and I continued working on the radio there. And a lot of the time at some of the stations I worked at, I was the only female voice. So during my time on air, I was then um, asked to record a whole bunch of different commercials. You'd be past like 20 scripts and told, hey, before you go on air tonight, there's 20 ads that we need you to read for nothing. So that was good um, good training, I guess, in voiceover. So I've also done voiceover through radio stations and then through our own business at home for years and years. And a lot of people wouldn't know that today you still get voiceover artists still get given a script as they walk into a booth. They've never seen it, they've never read it, and then they have to connect to it and deliver that message. Do you have any... I guess, um, rituals when you're in that booth or how do you deal with pretty much sight reading and conveying the message with a client going, no, not like that? Yeah. Okay. So sometimes what the client thinks they want and what you as a voiceover know they want are two very different things. And oftentimes if the client is saying we want it a certain way, you'll end up uh, doing it six different ways and come back to the way that you as a professional thought it should have been done in the first place. But that's okay. You know, I I really appreciate clients who give good direction. I actually love that. Mm. It's when clients uh, will sometimes be like, um, can you just do it a bit different? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, what do you mean different? Like, that, what does that mean? But if they give pointed direction, that they say, okay, on this word, I'd like you to give it more emphasis, give it more power at the end of the sentence, highlight this part of the sentence. I love that because Mm. I think every time you get directed feedback like that, you're going to learn a little bit more. But to be honest, a lot of the time though, I'm directing myself at home. So that just comes with practice Mm -hmm. and understanding what the product is, understanding who the client and who the consumer is and connecting all of that together, just using your voice and the way you um, intonate Mm -hmm. things with your voice. One of the very first voiceovers I did, I got the note, could you speed up but make it sound like you're slowing down so it doesn't sound like you're speaking too fast. And I was so thrown off by that, but it was one of my first voiceovers. And I just went, I said to the audio engineer, is that is that possible? And he was like, no, that's not possible. <laughs> that's just some very bad direction, as you say. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes the direction is very odd. I had a uh, commercial I had to do yesterday for Incontinence mm-hmm. and it said, Caring and concerned. That was my direction, caring and concerned. So I gave them caring and concerned and it came back and uh, it said, the client said you weren't uh, enthusiastic enough. About incontinence. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't enthusiastic. Like, I'm glad I wasn't enthusiastic because that wasn't my vibe. No. (laughs) No, very, sometimes the direction is off. Yeah. Six years ago, you did start a new job that is also in voice, but a slight tangent away from what you normally do. Can you explain the job that you do, one of the jobs that you do now? So I had been working at Afters, the Australian Film Television and Radio School, and Afters have been working with Transport for New South Wales for uh, probably eight to ten years now uh, to improve the quality of the announcements delivered by guards on board the trains and also the CSAs. They're the customer service attendants 
on the platforms all around Sydney and around New South Wales. Uh, so I think they realised, they being Transport for New South Wales, realised there was a gap there where things could be improved, particularly for people with vision impairment, people who don't use transport regularly. So 80% of the population use transport every day. We know where we're going. If there's a delay, if there's a problem, we just kind of get on with things. But you've got about 20% of the population that really need extra help. They don't use transport often. Uh, It's stressful to them. The whole idea of being somewhere like Central is uh, overwhelming. Uh, And being on a train is sometimes overwhelming. So having clear, concise, friendly announcements that connect with the customers, Transport for New South Wales saw that that was a really uh, a vital part of the training that guards in particular needed to um, undertake. And so with Afters, uh, they put together a program and I helped deliver that program, which I absolutely love. What are the type of exercises that you run them through? And would you say they're like industry things that you even do yourself? Yeah. So we do a little bit of warm up training. To be honest, the main thing I want to get out of um, the guards that I train is for them to be confident with their voice. It's a really diverse cohort that they get through at Transport, and I think a lot of the guards come through nervous that people will be judging them because of the sound of their voice, their accents, the speed they speak at, uh, maybe they're shy and they are just nervous in front of a microphone. So. My main aim is after their session, they just get one session with me through their whole training and their training is extensive, months and months of training. They have one session with me. I just want them to feel uh, confident that they can relay a message from themselves, delivering the message to the customer in a clear way, Mm -hmm. a way that can be understood. I don't think anyone cares about accents, about the way your voice sounds, if you can deliver a message clearly, that's the most important thing. That's all that matters. We just want to know what's happening. If there's a delay on a train, I want to know what's happening because mm-hmm. I also use the trains a lot. So that's the most important thing to me. And I, I want to talk about tone because tone can be such, it can be divisive and it's de- definitely something, at least in my household, I often argue with my husband about tone and how things are said. So I want to know through teaching, what have you learned about the weight that tone has on our words? Through teaching the guards? Yeah, or even just your work as a voiceover artist. Okay, well, in real life, we have our body and our facial expressions and a myriad of other devices to communicate with other people. So even right now, I'm looking at you, so I can see you nodding. I can see what you are thinking through your eyes. So that's making up a whole lot of the way the two of us are communicating with each other. But when you're on the radio, when you're a voiceover artist, or when you are a guard speaking over the microphone on a train, you only have your voice. So you have to change it a little bit. You have to add a little bit of um, extra energy to your voice, which sounds contrived, but it's the only way that you can really get your message across. And, you know, tone is really important because you could be talking about a train going to the Easter show. If you're on that train, you can be happy. You know, you've got kids on board. They're excited. You can be laughing. You can tell some jokes. 
But if you are telling a customer that the train they're sitting on is going to be delayed by 45 minutes, you don't want to be cracking jokes and smiling and uh, be sounding jovial. You know, you want to convey a bit of empathy there because who knows where that customer's off to? Mm -hmm. Who knows how that's going to impact their journey for the day? So I think getting that message across is really important. Tone is, is vital in all the messaging. Do you include that a part of your training, that like level of sensitivity of, you know, they are, they're a train guard. They obviously can understand why there's a delay and that's part of their every day, but to put themselves in a passenger's shoes. That's exactly what we do, Grace. Yes, that's exactly what we do. It's like you've done the training yourself. (laughs) But yeah, putting yourself in the passenger's shoes is exactly what we do. We have one part of the training where we look at five different passengers and what they could be doing in their day, why they could be using the service and how a change to that service is going to impact them. You know, a a tourist who doesn't know anything about the service, why is an announcement important to them? An elderly person who can't just pick up their stuff and quickly get off the train if there's an issue. People with kids, you've got a pusher, you've got another toddler screaming. You know, their journeys could be impacted greatly if they don't know what's happening mm. on board or or on the platform. So, yeah, definitely putting yourself in the passenger's shoes or the customer's shoes is one of the um, key points of the training for sure. You spoke earlier that you do see people get really nervous at the beginning and often exploring things with the voice does create an emotional response. What are some of the things you've seen and how do you help people with their nerves when you're training them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, breathing is probably the most important thing. So especially if there is an unplanned announcement, so if there is a sudden change to what is happening on board, if you just if they pick up the handset and just start, you know, rambling into the handset, uh, that that is not a good thing. Um, and they will be full of nerves during um, those moments. So I would encourage them. And just like if you're about to get up and speak in front of a boardroom of people or in front of a classroom or you have to make a speech at a wedding, just having that moment to gather yourself, taking a deep breath, feeling the breath go down to your belly, slowly breathing it out again, just having that moment to collect Mm. yourself before you switch on the handset for the guards, then that will help calm everything down. Because as you know, when you get nervous, your throat tightens up, your heart starts to flutter. It used to happen to me before I turned the mic on every time in the studio, after doing it for 20 years, every time before the mic went on, I would feel incredibly anxious and nervous. But I feel like that then helped me collect myself. And as soon as the mic was on, I was okay. So just taking a deep breath and concentrating. They also get scripts, which will help them put everything down into a template. So they're not just expected to ramble on about whatever's happening. If they have a template, they can kind of put the information into, whether they write it down when they first start or just they'll remember it down the track, you know, that will help them as as well, having a format to stick to. And what are some of the developments that you see from the start of the day of the training to mm. the end of the day? I love it. Now, I'm only with them, like I said, it's half a day that I have That's them. insane, but continue. <laughs> So at the beginning of the day, we record, they get the, they have an app in their phone that they record messages into. They start by just saying, hi, my name is Danny, just to practice, to check they know how to work the recording device on their phone. And then they listen back to it in class, all of them at the same time. 
I will hear at least 80% of them say, I hate my voice. They all say it. I hate my voice. And that concerns me because we all have a voice and we all use it every day. So I I say to them, "Don't, don't hate your voice. Just don't. Embrace it. Love it. Be confident with it. And by the end of the day, after they've recorded themselves, listen back to themselves, they've been given feedback saying, you sound great. Just just slow it down a bit or just increase the volume a little bit. Tiny tweaks. By the end of the day, when they do the assessment, which is conducted in these amazing simulators, it's like, the, it's like a real life train, but in a shed. <laughs> it's very cool. They do their assessment in the simulator and they come out buzzing and confident and happy. And I I love seeing that transformation. And all it takes is a couple of people, their classmates, the trainers to say, you sound great. Like, I don't think there's enough of that positive feedback about the way we sound. Like no one would say, hey, I love your voice. You sound great. No, no one does that. (laughs) They'll say, hey, I love your dress. Your hair looks good. But no one ever speaks about voice. And it's something we all use every day. It's strange. I'm a commuter and I can honestly say that I've noticed a difference in these announcements. And like when they say good morning, it's like they're really saying, I can't remember which line it's on now, but he's like, good morning. And it is like a bit of a sing-songy to it. And there was also at the start of the year, a Reddit um, feed where someone actually recorded a girl who was um, a, a train guard who was saying, welcome to the birthday train. Today is my birthday. The next stop is Lidcombe. So is this the type of thing you encourage them to do? For sure. I mean, use your personality. Some people are funny. Some people are more empathetic. Some people are serious and like to get information across to the point. Whatever your strengths are, use those. And we have people come uh, to transport with such an amazing variety of backgrounds. I have had people who have been professional bull riders. I've trained embalmers. There was a guy who writes sonnets. <laughs> he writes sonnets. Um, I had a lady that bred stingrays, um, paratroopers. There is such an amazing variety of people that come to transport for New South Wales. And those backgrounds is what makes it such a great place for them to work. And they bring all of those experiences to their job. So, yes, it's encouraged. If you if you are a really upbeat, outgoing person, bring that to the microphone because people notice it. Mm-hmm. You notice it. Mm-hmm. People on Reddit notice it. People filming and recording people on YouTube, recording guards on YouTube because, you know, they've made their day. So definitely encouraged. Yes. Do you tell them? Do you report that back to Transport New South Wales that it has, people have noticed it? Or if you are yourself commuting, have you heard your work and gone, ah, look at them doing a good job? Oh, for sure. I see I see um, ex-trainees on platforms and catch up with them. And it's not just me that notices it or just you. There's actually a feedback line that uh, Transport for New South Wales has. And a lot of the people that call through to make compliments, so people will call up and complain about things. For sure, we all do that. People call up with compliments and often about the voice announcements. 
So they'll say, thank you so much for the updates. You know, there were delays on my line and my guard kept me updated right throughout the process. Thank you. I I was able to contact my partner on the other end who was waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for making my commute this morning so much brighter. Thank you for keeping me updated with, you know, friendly announcements. People are reporting this stuff. Yeah. And for people to bother getting in touch with a feedback line with a compliment, not a complaint, yeah. That's a rarity. Yeah. We don't do that. So, yeah, people are definitely noticing for sure. I think it's actually just such a beautiful little moment that we don't even realise is happening or that these people are contributing to our day. And this is why I wanted to speak to you about this is it does impact a day and it can yeah. make your day. And you can you can hear a train guard go, good morning, and go, oh, that's friendly. That's nice. Yeah. It is these small moments in life. It's not like the big days because the big day is what, there's three or four a year, but commuting is every day. And I think it's really important work that you do and what the um, the train guards who have taken on this training, I think it's really important that they've embraced it and we can tell. Yeah. Oh, thank you. No, they're a really great group of people and it's work I love doing. And the the great thing is I think they see the importance in it as well. They all come with a really strong um, customer focus and they understand, especially at the end of the training, they understand how important their voice is with connecting them to the commuter, which in radio we'd say connecting you to the audience. Most of them are commuters as well. They are travellers every day as well. So they understand that what they're saying and how they are delivering their announcements makes an impact. Danny, thank you so much for joining me today on Good, Great, Wonderful. I do think that you have such a unique and wonderful job. Now, I do want to end this episode by showing off some of your professional vocal skills. I have provided you with the script for the outro of the podcast, and I would love if you could read it now. For sure. podcast is made on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Thank you so much for listening. If you know a great story, a wonderful person, or just a good old fact that we should cover, jump into our DMs and let us know. This episode is produced and hosted by Grace Rouvray, with audio production by Adair Shepherd, and theme music composed by Simon Beaton. See you next episode. <laughs>